And so your Vision Sunday is always a unique type of service um, because rather than specifically doing a teaching from the Word or preaching or ministry, it is very spiritual though. Uh, we've been talking over the last four weeks, last four Sundays, this is the fifth Sunday of January, how important vision is, how spiritual vision is, dreaming is, goals. Uh, it's all based on Scripture. God uh, is all about us imagining things that's in the faith realm and then speaking things out and pursuing those things and partnering with Him. And so it all starts with having clear vision. In Habakkuk, it talks about write down the vision and make it clear. Another word that the Bible uses, make it plain so that the people uh, can run with it, meaning that they can grab a hold of the vision and they can run with it. They don't just walk with it, but they actually run with it, which means that they can build momentum with the vision. So there is a spiritual principle about writing things down, making it clear, making it matter of fact, making it simple for everyone to understand uh, what, we're, what we're doing as a team. And so this morning, it's uh, my uh, pleasure to release the vision for this year, uh, for 2016. <clears throat> and there's quite a few practical things we're going to talk about, but also uh, there's going to be some spiritual things. And uh, rather than looking, I know some of you love to know what's coming up ahead, and I know that you're probably, this is always the interesting thing, is when we give all the information, some of you right now are probably going, uh, I might just keep reading this and see what I think. And um, what I'd like you to do is kind of stay on the front page here just for a second, if that's all right. Um, and we do have lighting uh, in the building, so I can see if you're busily distracted by reading all the detail, making uh, your thoughts already about what the vision is. But if we can, just for the, the introduction, just stay focusing here, because I want us to catch more of the why factor, the why, why we're looking at these key focuses this year. Um, so let's just pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. And we also thank you, Lord, for kids, uh, church, the kids' church team can now uh, start to leave. We thank you for the kids' church team as they get taught uh, the Word and uh, do great lessons this morning for, for your Word. Lord, we thank you that you would anoint our kids' church facilitators and, Lord, that they'd be blessed this morning. But, Father, we thank you, Lord, also in this auditorium as you release the vision. I thank you, Father, that you're calling us to be vision carriers. And I thank you, Lord, that it's not just the core leaders, but, Lord, it's everyone's responsibility, Father, Lord, for their local church church to open up their heart and open up their mind and to allow the vision to be imparted so that we can all run with it, so that we can carry the vision, so we can work together in unity, Lord, to see your work established in this season. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. So um, I want to start with the obvious topic when we talk about vision, and that's faith. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, we walk by faith, not by sight. Uh, it also goes on and it says that it's impossible to please God without faith. In Hebrews eleven six, faith, uh, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So a life of faith is essential because everything in our spiritual life stems from faith. And so our starting point this morning is that we're going to look at this vision by faith. A lot of things we're talking about haven't been established yet. What we're going to focus on is a work of progress that as a church we want to see God partner with us to establish things. But we have to start with this place of faith. 
And <clears throat> what's interesting is, is faith is a little bit of a journey. I think Pastor Dallas was picking up, she mentioned the prayer meeting, that even though we've been talking a lot about goals and dreams, and, and uh, last Sunday we released and activated faith and anointing for the five key areas of our life. Um, it is a journey, faith. There'll be times, days, nights, hours, where even in the beginning of the year, you might start to experience uh, what we call doubt, uh, the, the opposition to faith. And so it's a journey where we've got to battle in that area of faith versus uh, what we call the flesh, what we call doubt. So <clears throat> what's important is as we receive the vision, being good vision carriers, we've got to protect the vision with a spirit of faith. And a spirit of faith usually is evident by what we speak out. And so I want to encourage you and charge you with this, that as you receive the vision, can I say it's really important how you respond and how faithful you respond with your heart. What do I mean by mean? by that. If there's something in the vision that excites you, then talk about that by faith. If there's something in the vision that you think, oh, that's a surprise, we'll talk about that by faith. If there's something in the vision that thinks, oh, okay, I didn't think we'd be doing that this year, we'll talk about it by faith, decree faith over it. Can I encourage you that there's enough doubt in our minds in our private life to be sowing more doubt than sowing faith over a vision? Does that make sense? And that comes not just to a corporate church vision, but also with your life. So there is a level of maturity and a level of responsibility required for a man and woman of God when you're in a local church to receive the vision and to protect vision, to speak words of life, to speak words of faith over the vision, over the leaders, over the teams, over the people that you're associating with. Can I just say, everyone? I want everyone to say this, speak faith. Let's say it one more time, speak faith. So there's a responsibility. This is not just, you know, it's not a seminar today where I'm just telling you what the vision is and you go, well, that's nice and it's on a little pretty flyer and isn't that nice? Okay, this is a spiritual uh, moment where there is an impartation, where we're releasing vision and we believe the Holy Spirit comes upon the release of that vision by faith and when it gets into your heart, there's an anointing that comes upon you as a corporate member of this local church to carry the vision, to partner with us to birth the vision in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen to that? And so I want to encourage all of our leaders, all of our people, all of our teams, all of our members, and for those people who are new to Forever House and you're on your journey to becoming a part of this local church, which is exciting, I want to charge with you the responsibility for us to protect vision and to carry vision with maturity. Amen. So <clears throat> a life of faith is essential because everything in our spiritual life stems from faith. Faith describes our perspective how we choose to view our lives. As Christians, we live in a certain amount of tension between two great opposing forces. We've got this great mighty force called faith, which comes from the Spirit. So the Spirit is that amazing force that we dwell by when we partner with the Holy Spirit. And then there's this other force that we know very well of as we're living on earth called the flesh. And uh, to walk by faith rather than by sight requires making continual conscious decisions to do what? To follow God's word, to stay in a place of faith, to protect the words, to be mindful of the words that you speak out over your individual vision for this year, over the corporate vision of your local church, over the vision for the people that you're working with in the marketplace, for example. In the Garden of Eden, we're reminded the serpent challenged Eve to do what? He challenged Eve to doubt. He challenged her to doubt what God had said. 
Satan challenged Jesus also in the wilderness regarding God's word to doubt the word of God. He created questions. So when, as much as it's exciting to release vision, we understand, well, we, we, we come into an understanding of the spiritual dynamic of when vision's released, it helps to birth things, but also we have to, with one hand, help to build with the vision, but with another hand, we have to work together to protect the vision because the enemy is not liking that we're having Vision Sunday this morning. Uh, he doesn't like seeing the people of God progress. He doesn't like to see the people of God dream. He doesn't like to see the people of God unite. He doesn't like to see the people of God get in agreement. So let's look at the reverse engineering of those statements. He loves to see people being filled with doubt. He loves to see people, people of God being hesitant and being hindered by fear. He loves to see people of God in disagreement. He loves to see people of God speaking discord over a vision and not protecting vision. He loves those things because he knows that he can start to have have an effect and prevent the very work of God that God wants to establish in the earth. And so it's important how we position ourselves when we receive the vision this morning. In our largely skeptical world, we will also be challenged on many fronts to doubt God's word, even in our own life. And so ultimately having faith in God's word comes down to a decision. So this morning, I just want to start with just praying in, for the condition of our heart. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this mighty church. And I thank you, Lord, for uh, who you ha- are making us to be and who you're establishing us to become. Father, this morning, I thank you, Lord, for our hearts, Lord, to be filled with faith. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you call us not to look behind, but, Lord, to look forward and ahead. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're steering us towards a focus for this year. And I thank you, Lord, that, Lord, where we uh, stare is where we're going to steer. And I thank you, Lord, that our focus this year is going to be sharp. It's going to be particular. It's going to be specific. And I thank you, Lord, Lord, that you're breaking off distractions and you're causing us, Lord, to even uh, be better at working together as a great family. Lord, I thank you, Father, for the excitement of what's going to happen this year. Lord, I thank you, Father, that the kingdom of God is going to be established in greater territory this year. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the identity of Christ is going to be birthed in greater measure this year in people. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the generational blessing that's going to be established in a greater measure upon families. Lord, I thank you, Father, that your hand of favor is upon us. I thank you, Lord, that you're our mighty shepherd and you're, you're causing us to go into fresh pastures. I thank you, Lord, for the word of God that's going to be released throughout the year. Lord, let the teaching be cutting edge. Lord, let it feed the hearts and minds of your people. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the prophetic atmosphere of worship. Lord, let it break chains and shackles of people's lives. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the open doors and, Lord, for you calling in the people into the house. I thank you, Lord, for the spirit of hospitality and the spirit of connection and the spirit of friendship to fill this place. I thank you, Lord, for the altar to be anointed, Lord, for salvations, Lord, to see the lost come to know you, Father, for them to be birthed out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, Father, I thank, Lord, for this altar to be a place of miracles, Father, I thank, Lord, for your anointing to not have any resistance, Lord, I thank you, Father, for everything that you're going to do, Lord, that you're going to establish the mighty kingdom of Jesus, Lord, through this army, through this team, through this local house, Father, you're going to equip us and enable us to do what we're called to do in this season in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen to that? All right. So a little uh, bit more teaching, and then we're going to get into some specifics. So last Sunday was specific. Last Sunday was strategic. We themed it uh, ready, set, go. And leading up to that, we'd had teaching on first Sunday of January was called launch. 
preparing us to launch into a new season. The second Sunday... was called Blueprints, was looking at principles about how do we uh, really press in and get uh, a download from heaven and position ourselves to have clarity around what it is that God wants us to, to, to start doing, what he wants us to stop doing, so that we have the confidence to move forward. Then the third Sunday, we had Apostle Julie who gave a great specific word on the importance of perseverance. And then last Sunday, we did Ready, Set, Go, which was specifically activating faith and the anointing for five life keys. Those life keys was work and and marketplace and finances. Second one was family and relationships. Third one was the health of your mind and your body. The fourth one was education, study, training, development, wisdom, sharpening the mind, uh, getting qualifications, whatever it is. And the fifth one was for church and ministry. And so we know that there was a great release of the anointing last Sunday here. And so this Sunday, as we finish the very first month of the year, we want to talk about the corporate vision. Now that we're released into our individual focus, the corporate vision. And so I want to go uh, straight into this, and I want to say four words to you, and that is one in a billion. Can everyone repeat that? One in a billion. So there's billions of people on planet Earth. In fact, there are more people on planet Earth alive today than any, at any time in history that people have lived before. So what does that mean? That actually means this. I want you to really listen in. This is really, really key. There are more people living on planet Earth than there would be people in hell and heaven. Think about it. So if you look at the history of the earth and you look at the timeline and you look at how the population of of humankind has grown throughout the centuries, there are more people alive on planet earth today. You've got to catch this because this will kind of get you to think a little bit. There are more, because I can see some people are going, is that right? Really? Is he sure about that? There are more people alive today than has ever lived. Why is that important? There are so many words coming from prophetic voices around harvest. And I want to say to you as a local church, I believe that we're positioned with a great solid foundation to now start to shift into a bit of a sharper focus. And that focus isn't necessarily going to be totally different to who we are, but I believe it's about us shifting to a greater confidence of who we are in Christ that's going to enable us to make this shift. So I want to talk about this. One in a billion. Look beyond ourselves and having a heart for those who haven't found God or who aren't at church yet. Our mission field is the people we meet in the course of our daily lives. Now, at times we're going to Look, and we have, like we have last year, we may send teams out into the community to pray for people. But can I say this to you? That what's so, I think, powerful when we come together as a church is not to look at an individual who has the evangelist gift, but to actually as a team understand that it doesn't matter what your personality is, we're all called to impact society and influence society around us. And it's not necessarily always about a particular team going out to a street and praying for people. There'll be time for that, and we'll be doing that, as we've always done that. But can I say this, that the church that I went to prior to this, there was a great season where Sarah and I saw that the entire church was excited about seeing new people coming into the house and actually giving their heart to Jesus. And there was like this birth of a momentum of excitement and faith to actually see God impact people who were lost and broken. And I believe that God, in His own way, for the right DNA for our culture and our church and who we are as a church, is moving us into that type of season. 
looking beyond ourselves and having a heart for those who haven't found God or aren't at church yet. Our mission field is the people we meet in the course of our daily lives. Imagine a man fishing with a single fishing line. Now imagine a large fishing trawler using large nets to haul in dozens of fish, boatloads of fish. These large boats can only operate effectively with a team that works together to run the whole operation as smoothly as possible. So it is with the church. We are our most effective when all members pitch in and work together as a team. Together we form a far-reaching net. Working together we can do far more than any of us could on our own. Mark 1.17 says, Then Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. We all play very different roles. We all have different gifts. We all have different bents in our personality. But we can do the job of being fishers of men together best when we work together, when we unify together as a team. And so a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is how we are going to focus more as a team collectively to get the job done in building uh, this church and building the kingdom. We see so many overwhelming problems in the world today. Let me just bring a little bit of this teaching. Yet God has a solution for so many of them. What really excited me in some of the early seasons of me being a Christian is being excited that it doesn't matter what someone's going through, that Jesus Christ is the answer. And that excitement still burns in my heart today. And I think as, uh, as the Spirit of God even starts to move this morning, I feel that one of the parts of impartation that He wants to release is He wants you and I to get excited that Jesus Christ is the answer to every human need, every human problem. Let me say that again. Jesus Christ is the answer. Now, what's interesting is sometimes we can grow dull in that revelation because maybe we're going through things in our personal life and it's a struggle and maybe it's not as simple as, you know, just praying to Jesus, that we're actually having to walk through something. But can I challenge you and encourage you this morning, even if you're going through a difficult time in your walk, I mean, the word this morning was that you are more than a conqueror. Challenges and difficulties with your walk with Jesus don't eliminate the fact that He is still Jesus. And so part of our faith in walking through and coming out of brokenness into victory is that we've got to actually let other people know who God's put on our heart, that there is an answer. And so I want to talk about this this morning. Let's talk about that not only is the answer Jesus, but the actual byproduct of what Jesus creates is also the answer. Now, you might think, what do you mean by byproduct? Well, when people actually give their heart to Jesus, what's a byproduct of that? A byproduct is that they get born into a family. They get adopted into a family. They get connected into the body of Christ. They get birthed into a heavenly family that has an eternal destiny. They get born out of darkness, out of isolation out of being lost, out of being broken, into a, into a family, into a community of victory. Now, that, that family and that community may not be completely walking out everything that Jesus has done for us, but that's part of the journey. And so part of the exciting thing and the solution is not just Jesus, but also part of the solution is His bride. Now, the funny thing is, is that His bride is not perfect, but Jesus is perfect. And who knows that it's good that Jesus is the head of the church. 
because he's perfect and so he can help to navigate the bride out of brokenness into victory. But it's a journey. But can I say this to you? Not only should we have faith in Jesus, but we should also have faith in his church. Now, what, I say, what I'm saying here is that we don't put our faith as and we don't worship the church, but because Jesus is head of the church, even though the church sometimes is imperfect, because Jesus is leading the church, even though things sometimes don't go the way that, think, that we thought would plan, because Jesus is leading the church, we put our trust in Jesus. And therefore, where we have faith in Jesus, we can have faith in the church, meaning we should have a sense of faith that when we invite people and God reveals himself and people get plugged into church, that there's something about family, there's something about a focus of a church that helps to bring the healing, helps to bring that person out of brokenness into victory. Can I hear everyone say amen to that? Because we know so many times when people actually give their hearts to Jesus, but then they don't get planted in a local church, that usually it's very hard for them to strengthen and keep walking with Jesus. There's that whole analogy where there's the different uh, you know, seeds that are thrown, some on rocky ground, some on fertile soil. We know that people need to get planted in good soil, so reeds need to go down so they can strengthen their faith and actually become strong and grow up and mature and be raised up in the things of God, in the house of God. The body of Christ is part of the Jesus Christ solution. Come on, the body of Christ, the local church on the earth today is part of the Jesus Christ solution. You cannot separate Jesus from the body of Christ. You cannot separate Jesus from the local church. You cannot actually introduce people to Jesus and then not actually bother introducing them to the house of God so they can be raised up, activated, anointed, and actually send out to do what they're called to do. Can I tell you this morning, the Lord wants to release a fresh revelation on how important and practical and pivotal the local body of Christ is a part of his plan to build the kingdom of God. How fresh are you carrying that revelation? It's so important that we carry the revelation that the local church is part of God's architecture, His blueprint, to see people not only pulled out of the kingdom of darkness, but established in the kingdom of light. Is the church perfect? No. Does it have its faults, its blemishes? Yes. But the person who's leading the local church, Jesus Christ, is without blemish. And we put our faith in Him. We put our faith in Jesus. So the word family has very different connotations for all of us. But in Ephesians 2, 19 to 20, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. And so interestingly, statistics indicate that just being part of a couple or close-knit family group of a a family group or groups, despite all their quirks, despite all their imperfections, despite all their idiosyncrasies and even failings, statistics show that being a part, belonging to a family, belonging to a group, contributes significantly to longevity and overall long-term well-being. And if that's just based on practical statistics, how much more powerful is the truth that the local church, a body of believers that are united knowing that they're called to adopt the lost who have been born again into their family, to nurture them, to establish them, to encourage them, to grow them, to help them to become everything they're called to be. That That's a part of the unit. That's part of the plan that is the very blueprint from heaven given to us to help Jesus establish his church on earth. Come on now, Jesus Christ uh, died for the church to be established. Come on now, the local church is a part of the solution. You and I are members of God's family. The word family has different connotations, especially if you're married. 
you will have had a very real experience of how different your idea of family life is from your spouse's. Which is interesting. So sometimes our ideas of family are different. But when God saw that it wasn't such a good thing that Adam was by himself, he created Eve a help meet, a person to partner with because by himself he was isolated. He was only God declared it is not good for men to be alone. Come on now. At creation, God declared it is not good for, for men to be alone. And so there is very much a blueprint of God as the architect, as the solution, the master who, who is the beginning and the end, who knows all, who's beyond time. God's part of his answer. Feel like the Holy Spirit is starting to, put, to release an impression on us that we need to be mindful of how much we protect our hearts towards how we see the local church. That even though in all its imperfections, it's part of the solution. How much are we encouraging the local church? How much are we speaking about the local church favorably? How much are we releasing faith over the local church? Oh, can I tell you that you're not alone? I'm standing here before you and I've seen many things in the local church that I go, Ah, that's annoying! You can laugh. It's okay. But this morning, God's releasing a fresh charge that if we all sat down and had a cup of tea with Jesus, Jesus would listen. He's a great counselor. He loves with empathy. But he'd also say, but the local church is part of my plan. How much are you protecting your heart to make sure that you effectively partner with the local church, which is part of my plan? Or are you allowing a moment of disappointment, frustration, hindrance to stay embedded like poison in your heart, which is completely stopping you from always moving forward with the plans and purposes of God? for the local church. So God's idea of his worldwide family call the church is something else again. And so this morning, I want to say to you that God is wanting to build even a stronger identity of family, but also with a task ahead to invite people into our family, to actually grow our family, to nurture our family, to strengthen our family. Do you come to church not just wondering who you will talk to, but are you on the lookout for somebody new to meet and have over for dinner? Staying relationally open requires maturity. It needs to be a deliberate decision. Sometimes I I wrote this down, but I felt like the Holy Spirit said, ask these questions. When was the last time you invited someone new into your home or close circle of friends? When was the last time that you started up some type of new relationship or friendship, that you decided to befriend someone that you didn't need to because the Holy Spirit just encouraged you to? When was the last time you spoke to someone at work about a hard time they were going through, even though you were busy? These are some of the questions that the Holy Spirit's challenging me on as well. And as a church, I want to encourage us that there is a mighty reason why God is wanting to release new vision today. See, so many people we talk about, I mean, what I love about the internet is there's a lot of great stuff on the internet resources. But um, I, I challenge a lot of people around how times, how often people's um, understanding of their local church can actually be negatively affected by sometimes the things that they allow themselves to watch on the internet. And I've said this many times to mentoring. You've got to be careful what you actually get into on the internet in terms of Christian teaching. You really do. Because we've got to understand the dynamic of the different types of words that are released 
okay? If you just feed on words for the nations, prophecy for the nations, to go to the every end of the earth, the mission fields, then you can look at your local church and go, oh, what are we doing? Now we just sing a few songs. You can, ha- you can start to get this wrong mindset about the local church. The body of Christ is multiple, multiple, multiple armies working together, and God gives different blueprints to different local churches. So sometimes people talk about reaching the nations, yet seem to ignore the many needs all around them. If we want to reach a city, if we want to reach a nation, if we want to reach the world, it's mostly going to involve reaching people who we come in contact with in our daily lives one by one. Everyone say, truth. And that's what I love about Christian International, because we have some mega conferences, but also the, all the leaders and the speakers that we invite either are or have been local church pastors. No disrespect to ministers who are, you know, people who, you know, go around preaching and giving all these great big nations words. That's all good. But sometimes there can be a disconnect between these big massive prophecies and how that actually practically works out in the local church. And sometimes our perspective can be unbalanced. It's important that if Jesus has you positioned here, and he wants to anoint your gifting here, then he wants you to plug into something here that you're going to be influencing in this community, in this city, where you're working, where you're studying, where you're going to school, and it's going to be about partnering with the local church. Does that mean that we don't support power ministries and we're not into doing missions? We're going to talk about a missions trip today, but uh, no, we're into all of that. But can I tell you, what I love about Christian International is the balance is that they always, before they ordain a minister, they always say, what's their relationship like with their local church? And even when ministers travel around the world, when, they're, when they're, even Greg and Julie, if they've been established for just under 20 years now, whenever they go and minister somewhere, the pastors of that local church have to actually fill out a report and give feedback to CI on what were their manners like, uh, just was what were their basic relational skills like? You know, did they say, did they request all these things like a diva? Come on now, right? That's healthy. And why am I bringing this up? Because it's important to understand this, that in a society, particularly with Generation Y, which sometimes we can get so caught up in, what is my calling? What is my destiny? What will God do to use me? Listen to this prophecy about the nations. Ooh, this end of the earth, the end times. La, 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 la. Whoa. <laughs> and we become blind to, ah, oh, look at the person here that God's put in my life that uh, is on my team at work. And there's actually something inside of me that they desperately need. It's called Jesus Christ. And do I have the ability to actually identify these opportunities that God's putting right in front of me now, which ironically is the stepping stone to being released into my destiny, being faithful with a little. So we're now going to ask you to pull out this card here. We're going to start to look at This is a little bit of teaching and encouragement for our focus. What I've done is I've come up with six main areas. And you've heard me say this saying um, already for our vision, but I want to say it again um, because I just read it. We just read it in a book. What book was it? It was a Dr. um, Carolyn. 
Oh, was it Kathy Tollison that that the book that you were reading just this week? Some other Christian book. It was a Christian book, wasn't it? Yes. Your best yes. Okay. So there's this book that Sarah's reading at the moment, and um, it's about a life and how to, to do life well, and it's a Christian book and how to, to balance your life. And it was just, it's just this statement that just really hit me this week. Very profound. And it said, where you stare is where you will steer. So what you focus on is where you will, you will walk down and you will end up. And so we're going to release these focuses. The first focus is the God focus. Everyone say God focus. And, uh, you know, seeking God is obviously a big part of our vision. <clears throat> Before we go into the detail of the God focus, for those of you who are new to Forever House and you may not have ever heard our overall vision statement, um, it's three things. Reach the lost, make disciples, build the church. We've simplified it over the years because they're the three focuses. Reach the lost, make disciples, build the church. But where you stare is where you will steer. And so focus this year is something that we want to drill down on. Uh, everything that we've been doing this year, we've, for those of you who don't know, we've been in this building for four months now. Uh, turn it from an office building into an auditorium, and we're about to do stage two, which is exciting. Um, but everything we're doing from our teams to our worship team and uh, uh, all of our ministries, we're going to be continuing doing that. There's a couple of uh, uh, changes that I'm going to talk about today. But you may think, well, hang on, how come there's nothing on here about the music team? Or how come there's nothing on here about the cafe team specifically? Well, the good news is all of that's continuing. But what we're doing is we're highlighting the key focuses or the specifics to build on what God's already established. Does that make sense? Okay, so <clears throat> the first one is God focus. And uh, I love this one because it's who we are as a church and we want to continue to build on what God's been doing as we focus on Him. So we see our congregation grow in their identity in Christ. We've been releasing some words recently about uh, people just uh, getting uh, more grounded in their identity, more confident, being able to tap into who they are. And so uh, we want to see our congregation, not just our leaders, but our entire congregation grow in their identity in Christ. And that's going to come from many things, great teaching, good fellowship, you personally studying in the Word. And so our job is to, you know, the ministers up here, our job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That all starts with you hanging out with God, strengthening your identity with God. Everything flows from your heart and from your identity. So we want to see your identity blessed, not cursed. We want to see your identity strengthened. That's a pretty, uh, you know, clear given. We want to see everyone grow in their personal relationship with Jesus. This kind of a God-focused one is probably something that we have every vision, but it's important to start at this place. Uh, we want to press into deeper, into deeper presence of the Lord and worship and prayer. And our worship team are continually focusing on ways that we can, you know, go deeper. Uh, they're looking at different ways to ignite and play during rehearsals. And so uh, we're, we're believing for our worship to continue to go to a new level. Um, what I love about our worship uh, team <clears throat> is that uh, they're already kind of cutting edge, but we want to go deeper without being weird. Now you may say, what do you mean by that? Well, uh, we have a particular mantle of calling on our, on our church as we are prophetic in terms of the atmosphere. But I think sometimes it's also important that being prophetic doesn't mean it's an excuse to be weird. Amen. Uh, who agrees with that? 
Okay, so we're called to not just flow like Jesus, but actually to influence like Jesus. And Jesus wasn't weird. Okay, Jesus may have done a couple of miracles, but he wasn't weird. He was able to have a conversation with a woman at the well, talk about life, get her to open up, and actually let her into into the kingdom of of, of God. And so, uh, you know, if you think about who Jesus was as a person, as a leader, he had uh, dinner with people. He reached out to sinners. He re- reached out to sinners, and and he people were drawn to him because he was loving. He was real and he was powerful in what he did but he wasn't weird he was relatable he was down to earth there was a humility about him he didn't allow his spirituality become so puffed up that pride became a barrier for him to relate to every common man and woman around him he was real amen so we want to uh, press in deeper into the presence of the lord and worship and pray we want to see people's love for god and his people grow that's always, again, a battle when we have this spirit versus flesh. But we believe that as a family, if we put this down as our vision, it's going to be our focus. We want to see people enter into the breakthroughs and promises of God in greater ways. Again, that's always a battle as well. Sometimes people feel like they're going two steps forward, one step back. But that's just the reality of life. Jesus never said, uh, you know, if the storms come. He said when the storms come. And so, again, it's about understanding that even though there are storms going about, we can break through and we can, we can overcome the storms in life. We just got to keep going. And the reality is even Jesus is an example of he's got victory, but he's still got scars to show the battle to get the victory. And so you and I will sometimes have scars in our hearts. We'll have things uh, where we break through, but we still remember those things and we remember the battles, but that actually is a thing that strengthens our character. We want to see people enter into those breakthroughs. That's exciting. Discover more revelation in the Word and hearing God. You know, I am excited for who uh, we're going to have here teaching and preaching, but also for myself personally, bringing uh, the Word to to you, the church. And uh, when we have a look at some other ministry stuff that we're going to... do and we're going to talk about where there's going to be opportunities for different teaching series for people to connect into. Uh, See families. I love this one. This is a, a personal one for us and Sarah and also for Greg and Julie to see families and marriages continue to strengthen. Uh, this is a big part of our church is to see people have strong families, to have strong marriages. Again, does that, does that mean that everyone's got a perfect marriage and perfect family? No. But we're here to build into families and to build into fa- our marriages. We, we want to continue to build a strong generational blessing. I've said it many a times, but a generational blessing is a very real thing. Uh, it's just hard sometimes to understand because it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, usually when you reflect over seasons and seasons of your life, Greg and Julie are a good example of this. They can look back now over the last 25 to 30 years and can see what God has done over that. But when they were in that season, they didn't really understand the whole picture about what God was doing, but he was just faithful. And so generational blessing is something that God builds season upon season upon season. You know, I even feel as we're um, just releasing this, I hear the Lord saying there are some people here sitting here and he wants to encourage you and you're going to know if this is you or not. Hear the Lord saying that you're sitting here and there's been some scars in your life and there's been some battles that you're, you've been uh, recently fighting. But I hear the Lord say this, that son and daughter, it's a time now to continue to look at me and to hang on. And I hear the Lord saying that he's releasing a supernatural uh, strength in the grip of your life to hang on to God and to pursue God with everything that you have. And I hear the Lord say, hang on 
on, hang on, hang on. Because even though at times where the storms blow around you, the Lord says, if you just keep hanging on and you keep believing, Lord says, I'm going to strengthen you in that storm. I'm going to strengthen you so your grip is strong enough to hang on, even though it feels like it's a tornado at times. The Lord says, as you hang on, that tornado and that storm is going to come to a place where it's no longer going to have dominion over you. And I hear the Lord say that literally you're going to see yourself step out of that storm. You're going to look back and you're going to point to that storm and you're going to say, I have victory over you. I hear the Lord say that this is a vision or analogy that he's releasing just corporately here to speak to different individuals. I hear the Lord say that he wants you to know that he understands the battles that you're going through and he understands sometimes the mental mental struggle that you go through to even give you enough courage to get up every day and to keep fighting. But I hear the Lord say this, that Jesus is your example. And on the cross, he looked at what was going on and he didn't understand things, but he looked to the Father and he said, Father, let your will be done. And he hung on to complete the assignment. And then he had the most ultimate breakthrough into eternity and into just abundance and glory. And I hear the Lord saying that God is going to be glorified as you hang on and trust in Him to fight your battles. And God is building a generational blessing upon you. You may not understand or see the whole picture, but I hear God say there will be a time where you will be able to step back like you're looking at a piece of art in an art gallery and you'll be able to see the whole picture. And then and only then will you know the reasons why you had to go through the battles. But I hear God saying that as you look upon that picture, you're going to give all glory to God and you're going to have just a smile on the inside of your heart because you're going to know that God was faithful towards you. So Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're releasing a fresh charge for people to persevere, that you are continuing to build a generational blessing, even when people haven't been perfect, even when some areas of their life would be labeled as a mistake. Father, I thank you, Lord, that that does not uh, uh, stop them from being uh, people who are legitimate to receiving what you have for them because, God, it's your blood and what you've done that makes us uh, eligible to receive everything that you have. I thank you, Lord, that your grace is sufficient for your people as we continue to persevere and pursue what you have for us in this season. In Jesus' name, we pray that. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So God focus. Uh, See the faith, gifting, calling, and anointing of people being activated and encouraged in even a greater measure. So this whole first focus is we're just going to continue to do, I mean, every year we do this, but we're going to continue to do this and continue to do this. And uh, you know, I want to, first of all, just honor Pastor Jason here. Uh, Pastor Jason uh, and his beautiful wife, Wakako, and their, their beautiful baby. But Pastor Jason, when he started uh, and he came uh, into our church, there were areas of his life where he was frustrated, he felt defeated, and uh, he, he got under uh, wisdom and mentoring, and he just kept staying in that place of, you know, God's going to believe God. I believe God. God is going to break through for me. And can I tell you, this man, I mean, he has lots of scars, right? He has, he's been through wars, battles on the inside, on the outside of life. But can I tell you that he's stuck, he's stayed put, and he's an example of someone who's got layers of breakthrough. And he knows where he's sitting today is a place where he can continue to break through as long as he perseveres. So I want to say that there are people here who can give testimony upon testimony that a generational blessing is not overnight, but if you just persevere, the God will start to reveal the plans and purposes through time. Amen. Awesome. We love you, Jace. Okay, let's now look at growth focus. Um, This is a big focus for us. It's the the section with the most bullet points, and I think it's because 
the Lord has said to us that now that we have a permanent location um, and we're, we're established, we've had a, a good five years of uh, getting our culture and, and it's, you know, it's shifted, it's changed. Uh, when we first started, sure, we'd served in a church for 10 years and we'd had met, excuse me, mentoring, but we were green. We were very green as pastors and we started off and, you know, we had prophecies over us that, you know, uh, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to do things and think it's right and then you're going to, you know, realize it wasn't right and then you're going to have to change this and then you're going to have to do this. And, and you know, the prophecy was that it's going to be like a, a, a quilt and you're going to have all these different things. You're going to learn, mm, I don't really, yeah, I don't think that works for us. And that's not us. And yeah, okay, that may be right for that church, but that's not really who we are. And, and there's kind of going to be a season where you kind of gather all these things together and you work out what church that God is going to build through you. And it's been a journey. But as I said, or hinted at last week, what's cool, what's really cool about persevering is that when you persevere with God, He eventually gives you more clarity and He gives you more confidence and He gives you greater understanding and authority. As long as you stick by Him, you might fall down, He'll pick you up. But if you just stick by Him and know that He's, he's faithful, then God will establish you and position you. And can I say to you... Uh, with just a joy that we are excited about what God is doing because we have we so much know now who God is building as a church what our identity as a church who we are what because a lot of times again when it comes into a local church there's going to be things that this local church does that other local churches don't do there's going to be things this local church uh, doesn't do that other local churches do um a local church is actually called to be unique. It's called to be specific, and it's called to uh, have its certain bent, its certain flavors. And I think this is why, more and more, God is encouraging people that for you to have a good, healthy relationship with your local church, you have to have a level of maturity, because you have to understand that not everything uh, about the kingdom of God has to be uh, kind of manifested through every single local church. There are some local churches that have soaking meetings where they do worship for three or four hours that's great that's awesome i applaud them that's not us okay that's not who we are at times where we have that but that's so good for the holy spirit to say this is who you are this is what you're building and be free and released to go and do that so all we're doing is we're staying humble we're saying god what is it and we're always open to you know we have to sometimes align here and we have to adjust here we have to change here but can i just say this to you for us, for you, for our team, for all the new people that come into our church, can I just say it makes it so much more enjoyable when you're building a local church together. When you give everyone, just give everyone some slack. Just give, give each other some slack and know this. We don't have to be doing everything else that everyone else is doing. We just hear what God is asking us to do and we do it to the best of our ability and we have fun while we're doing it and we grow while we're doing it and we break through while we're doing it and we get greater levels of victory while we're doing it and we establish God's kingdom through this local church and what we're about to do. And sometimes we might partner with our little local churches, but we shouldn't be hung up on trying to be everything to everyone. Can I just say how freeing it is? Can I say that principle is true for yourself, in the workplace, in your family? Getting a revelation of who are you called to be and what's your bent and what's your flavor and what's your gifting and what's your passion. And to be able to flow in those things is freedom, can I tell you, is freedom. Comparison, I think, is sometimes the biggest trap. It can become an internal prison. 
And that's why last year we were so blessed to actually come under a seminar teaching by Frank Damasio, who's a leading um, pastor and, and church leader and, and Bible scholar in the United States. And he had, we were sitting there in this uh, leadership, church leadership seminar uh, with our brother and sister-in-law, Ben and Cindy Winnell from Life Place, who invited us. We had um, the pastors from Hillsong Church. We had the pastors from City Point Church. We had the pastors from all AOG churches from Australia, CCC churches, C3, uh, C3, they are now C3, COC, which is now, um, I don't know what they're called now. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about, right? Then we even had some, you know, some people from some charismatic Catholic church. I mean, it was cool. And he, and he said this, and he said, you know what? He said the biggest thing that he sees as the, the trap that actually holds just local churches back from enjoying who they're called to be is that they're constantly comparing it themselves to each other. And they're constantly using each other as a benchmark for what they should be doing. And he said it's the biggest mistake. The benchmark we should use about what we should be doing is Jesus Christ. And hearing from heaven and allowing Jesus to speak precisely and specifically into our unique identity as a local church, as an expression of the greater body of Christ on earth today. Can I tell you how freeing it is, not just for the senior pastor, to be able to, you know, say, okay, great, who is Forever House and, you know, what are we called to do? And let's just run with it and do that and bless other churches as we continue on the journey. And sometimes partner with other churches as we continue on this great journey beyond the kingdom of God, but not get hung up looking at other churches like they're a mirror and we should be reflecting on, oh, but they're doing this and they're doing that. We're not doing this. And look how they're doing this. You know, he told this story. He said there was a, a, a church pastor who he was a friend of, and uh, there was another church that was in the same state of the United States, but was quite a long way. And they started a big food kitchen for the homeless, a massive big food kitchen for the homeless. And uh, it was just successful. It was, it was all these homeless people came in and they were feeding. It was a mighty fruitful ministry. There was a great work of God. And so this pastor looked at this church and went, oh my goodness, look how fruitful that is. That's amazing. That's great. That's what we're going to do. And so he, he set up this whole uh, shelter for the homeless and this food kitchen. And he you know, did all the promotion for it. And he got all the people trained up. And, and it absolutely was just not fruitful at all. And Frank Damasio said this. He says, be careful that you don't try and step into someone else's gift zone. We need to make sure that we're okay with being who God's called us to be as a local church and enjoying that. So, growth focus. We want to develop a stronger invitation, hospitality, and connection culture. We've had it, but we haven't really kind of gone there in our focus before. Um, and that's why I'm using the word focus. It's, it's been a part of what we do, but it hasn't really been a focus. And, uh, you know, what's exciting is just recently we've had three of our service teams, which is the service management team, the host team, and the cafe team, uh, from the 1st of February, emerging together to actually work as an events team. So they kind of separately still got their own focuses and trained up in their own duties. But on a Sunday, rather than set, kind of uh, working just in, in isolation um, and on their focuses, they're going to be working more under the guidance of the service manager to make sure that as a team, we're more aware of what's going on and what's needed. So that if someone's standing at the door and we need to vacuum over here and uh, then we're allowed uh, to go over here. And if someone is usually a service manager, but there's a lot of new people coming in and there's no one to greet them, then we can pull from that team and we can actually work more in unison to help to build and develop a stronger invitation, hospitality and connection culture. Now, this is the next bullet point is really exciting. For me, 
for us because I believe uh, that in the prayer meetings that we started with the year that God has given uh, uh, released a strategy for us to help uh, when it comes to actually seeing salvations and seeing people come to know Christ. And that is life development themed events every two months. So once every two months, what we're committing ourselves to this year is we're going to put together a particular type of presentation. What I see by presentation, it is going to be like a message, okay? Um, <clears throat> but it's going to be very specific in that it will uh, still give value to people who are Christian, but it's going to be very specific with uh, using an angle of a particular area of life development, okay? But also bringing the gospel in there. So we're not going to water down the gospel, but we're going to bring an angle of a particular area of life development, and then we're going to bring the reality of the gospel in, and we're going to use it as a creative, innovative way to preach the gospel. So uh, we want to do that once every two months. So that way we have a lead up to it, and that, that way you can encourage people to come, and we can strategically as a church unite together to invite people, and uh, all of those types of services, we will have a specific altar call. We'll believe uh, for people to give their hearts to Christ, for even prodigal uh, sons and daughters to come back to the Lord as well. And uh, we're believing for uh, salvations to be a result from that strategic type of service. So life development themed event. Who's excited about that? Sorry? Yes, yeah, so everyone understands it'll be a Sunday morning. It's not going to be like another event that we're going to do. It's going to be a Sunday service once every two months. Um, <clears throat> and the... you know. I love God because he shows you stuff and he wants to give you confidence. And I've had a very clear vision about this type of event that we're going to do once every two months. We've never done this, anything like this before. And, um, you know, without going into too much detail, I just want you to know that I've, I've seen it in the spirit realm. And I, I see that it's not only going to be a blessing to those people who come and get saved, but I see that it's going to be a blessing to you and I because it's going to help us to just have that, that new love again for God when we see people who are broken coming to love Jesus. And it just gives us a nice focus that we have a very specific focus on the gospel um, <clears throat> routinely in our church, which is good. Um, <clears throat> so it's going to be excellent presentations designed to create decisions for Christ and commitment to his church. Uh, other special events throughout the year to invite and attract new people. So we are uh, a little bit later on to the event section. We're going to be doing a whole family festival where we're going to kind of take it to the next level. We're looking to do this approximately around September. We'll let you know more about the dates. But we're wanting to do like not just we're pretty much kind of combining everything we've done before and taking it to the next level, which is the jumping castle, the animal um, what do you call it? Help me out here, honey. What are they called? The barnyard, petting zoo, um, jumping castles, you know, food stalls, whatever it is. So we want to make that a great community event. Again, on a Sunday, not another thing, um, <clears throat> to really outreach to our community and invite people in uh, and, and impact the community. <clears throat> so we're going to be doing lots of uh, different types of events, but... Uh, what we've learned from years is you've got to be wise with these things. Uh, it's, got to be, it's got to be more about quality than it is about quantity. We know as a team, together as a team, as a church, if we do too many of these things, then it can, it can become too much, a lot of work. Uh, not that it, it's not uh, enjoyable, but it actually becomes a burden when we're not wise about things and when we do things too readily. So it's about making sure we're timing these things throughout the year. Okay, Who believes and agrees with that? So wisdom is important there.
<clears throat> Seeing more salvations from more altar calls and a rollout of brand new believers teaching course. Cassie's done some great research and uh, this material there that we're putting together at the moment to roll out a brand new believers course for people um, <clears throat> as they get saved. And for those people who don't know, Cassie is now in full flight. Her and Jeremy, her hubby Jer- uh, Jeremy, are working together closely um, to lead our whole assimilation um, department, which is about helping people to uh, to get connected into the into the house of God, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, <clears throat> and also, so we're going to have a new believers teaching course and the continuation of our belong membership course as well to see people becoming members of the church, uh, seeing more new people becoming members of the church through relationship building focus strong social connection during Sunday services and building friendships with new people. Okay. And actually, let me release the next point because it's related. A big cafe culture focus with hospitality and fellowship utilized to strategically grow the church membership. Okay. So what we're doing is we as a church are going to be a lot more deliberate. What do I mean by deliberate? As in we want everyone to focus and be a, little, a lot more deliberate on what do we do on a Sunday? I think as a church, uh, we have great, uh, it might be a bit bragging, but I think we have good, pretty good teaching. Uh, I think we have amazing worship. <laughs> we have amazing worship. Uh, you know, we had a pastor came in who actually travels a lot, and he says there's three things he always looks for in a church. He looks for warmth, which is kind of fellowship. He looks for the anointing, which is obviously that God's there. And uh, the third thing is he looks for excellence. And, uh, <clears throat> and so uh, he's kind of come and spoken to our church quite a few times. And obviously we didn't have our permanent building. So we had a, a few things where we're kind of in a temporary place and you can't necessarily make changes. And so he said, you know, you probably, when you get in your permanent location, you need to probably work a little bit on the excellence thing. He's been here since and he says, wow, you've just gone to the next level on excellence. So he said, that's great. He said, because excellence is important and being a great steward to do with representing Christ, a spirit of excellence is an important thing. He says, it's not about being a slave to perfection, but it is about pursuing excellence. That's godly. So he said, you know, we're now with this new location, what we're doing, um, we're able to go the new level with excellence. So that's great. But he's always said, Said in terms of when he's come here, that the anointing and warmth <clears throat> is, is always very good. But what's interesting is, is that we want to be even more deliberate with our warmth and our community. And that, so on Sunday, uh, we're going to make uh, connection and just socializing with people and really just actually having conversation. And the cafe is going to be a big part of that. So this little tiny temporary cafe here, um, for those of you who've already heard me talk about that, when you walk out, this wall here is going to be replaced by a, a, a proper wall without all the 50,000 doors <laughs> and pieces of you know window. It's going to be one big solid wall with a double door entry. And so that's going to be painted black to kind of go with the whole theme. But then the double door entry will open up that whole section in the middle. So we'll still have the training rooms here and the kids' church facilities here with the mothers in the front. But that whole section there is going to be completely one big open area. And we're going to build a cafe kitchen at the back there. And it's all going to be filled with cafe um, furniture. So we're going to have a great, uh, the hospital lighting is going to go. We're going to have down lights. And that's all going to be kind of painted with neutral gray with, you know, nice hanging out work, work and that kind of thing. So we're going to have a strong socializing focus, connecting with people, utilizing the cafe as a strategy to deliberately be more hospitable. Uh, not that we, we haven't been in the past, but we want to take this to the next level. So who knows that that's going to require every single person who's a member of this local church to participate in that. 
Who knows it can't just be the team leaders or the pastors. Who knows that every single person has to unite together to deliberately be more hospitable. Jesus uh, went over to people's houses and had dinner with them. He knew that relationship and opening up people's heart and going beyond just surface level, how was your week too? So how's work going and encouraging people and their goals and their dreams and what they believe in for and praying for them and speaking words of faith into them. And not always just spiritual, but sometimes just building friendships and having common interests. And someone who's, who's a DJ here meets another person who's into DJing and they can kind of connect and go, hey, let's encourage each other. That's cool that you're a Christian bro, but also you're into, in, into DJing and, and that's so cool. And, and, and building friendships on common interests because Jesus is not, he wasn't just spiritual. He was also very practical. He was all, also very down to earth. He was God, but he was also man. And I think as much as the spiritual things that we do well here and as much as there is warmth, I think that as we have this cafe and we deliberately, uh, I've always said this, what I love about Jesus and his example in the gospel is he was deliberate. You know, he, when the disciples sometimes said, oh, should, why are we going there? Should we go? He, he had his, you know, his eye like a flint. And he, he said, no. And this was his, he was deliberate with what he did and how he connected with people and who he pursued after and who he wanted to, to, to speak with. And so that's going to be a big uh, focus. And so what that, what that means is, is that that means, uh, you know, <clears throat> we have to give each, all, each other, we have to give each other grace because some people are more people oriented than other people. But can I say this to you, that uh, you and I have Jesus Christ living on the side of us. And because we have Jesus Christ living inside of us, uh, it doesn't matter what your personality is. Spiritually, when you're in the Spirit and you're anointed, you are socially confident. Come on now, let me say this to you. You are socially confident. You have Jesus Christ living inside of you. You are called to be socially confident. Come on, if you've got Jesus living inside of you, shouldn't we have the capability to be able to walk up to someone, look them in the eye without any shame, without any blame, because we're covered by the blood of Jesus, and love on them and take an interest in them because we've got the confidence of Christ living within us. Now, we know that that's a journey. We know sometimes people are still trying to get through their brokenness. But can I tell you that it's going to be important for us to deliberately come to church, uh, anointed, filled with the life of God. And if you had a rough week, well, God's going to give you the capability to get over that because you're going to be called to be a blessing to people around you because you're going to be called to look into people encourage them get around them and love them and can i say this to you the lord is saying as a church corporately he is taking us to a new level of social confidence that you and i are called to influence people to reach out to people to be able to have conversations with people it doesn't mean you have to be the biggest talker best biggest personality superstar personality in the world it just means you need to allow christ inside you to dwell outside of you and to impact other people around you and so it's going to be deliberate uh, we're going to, to, to do that unashamedly because it's about building friendship and connection because we're a family. Amen. Uh, you know, it's important that church should not just be seminar sessions where we come and have a nice bit of worship, get our anointing, listen to the word and then go home and listen to Christian radio on our way homes to go home and hang out by ourselves. Because that's just coming to a seminar, isn't it? Christian seminar. Who knows that church is not about Christian seminars? Come on now. It's about fellowship. It's about building a family. It's about connection. And so connecting with people, reaching out to people, being deliberate, wanting to take an interest in people. Um, and sometimes if this guy's into DJing and you're not, then wisdom would say, well, don't try and, you know, have this conversation about DJing because you probably look like an idiot. Work out, okay, who else in the church is into DJing? And then go and introduce this person to this person here, right? That's kind of teamwork and, and, and connecting and building. We are going to be deliberately focusing on building a family, 
those people that come in, they are looking for family. They're looking for part of the solution of Jesus Christ is a local church to be in it and a family where people can be adopted in. Because when people have a sense of belonging and when people can come into a community where they're encouraged and when they're empowered, they do better in life. They, they start to raise up in the things of God. They start to be more influencers in society. Can I tell you that as a church, God's saying we're going to deliberately have greater social confidence and we're going to love people and connect with people. Second last one, assimilate new Christians and new people and visitors through a new welcome room. So the cafe is going to be all the way to the back. That room there where the primary kids for Kids Church are is going to stay in existence. And then the room over there in the very back corner, which is currently a storeroom of everything we pulled down from this ceiling, amen, is going to get cleared out. And that's going to become our welcome room. Okay, and that welcome room is going to be set up really, really nicely. So when new people come, whether they get saved or whether they're new visitors, we're going to, uh, once a month, we're going to have an actual Sunday where we have that specifically where pastors and leaders go in and we have new people who are going to connect with that uh, people uh, in there and <clears throat> say g'day and, and, and relate with them. But also, <clears throat> we'll have that as a room for uh, at any stage if we have salvations and people can go in there and, and get counseling about giving them a Bible and all those types of things. Also, when we have guest speakers, we can use that as a green room too. So that's going to be set up. Uh, we're going to have better welcome packs. We're currently talking right now uh, <clears throat> about our welcome packs and how we can uh, make that more practical, easier for people to understand. So we're going to be changing that. Uh, and all of our new people that come in, uh, where Cassie and Jeremy are going to be building a designated team called the Connect Team, which is different to the host team. The host team is responsible on the Sunday kind of meet and greet people. Um, but the Connect Team is going to be um, deliberately focused more on outside of the Sunday service, following up people, um, uh, saying g'day, how do they enjoy the service, what are their needs, what do we need to pray for, and actually having a designated follow-up team uh, to encourage them th- to come back and to, uh, to get connected into the church family. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to have an introduction of new people into hubs and teams and the membership course. So hubs in a minute, I'll explain. Getting people connected into teams and serving and getting them to go to the membership course is all part of that assimilation journey. A big part of our focus also is we've been starting to do this since we kind of like uh, end of October, November last year. But every second month, we will have a designated church-wide prayer meeting here on a Wednesday night. Um, and a big focus of that prayer meeting is going to be praying for the vision and praying for our church, but also praying for individuals. Um, so that's our growth focus. Who thinks that, that is all exciting? Good. All right. Let's move over to team focus. A couple of points here. Um, <clears throat> last year, we were doing two team meetings. We did one month we did with all the volunteers and then the other month we did specifically with the leaders. Okay, my favorite word, if you, if, well, one of my favorite words to do with church is consolidate. Okay, I love the word consolidate because it means we're, d- we're, we're getting just as much fruit but we're doing, having to do less. Okay, uh, consolidate is good. So what we're going to do is we're going to consolidate our team meetings and uh, what we found is, is that we are going to do it once every two months and we're just going to combine the leaders and the volunteers together rather than actually doing one each. And so that's going to be every two months where the leaders and the volunteers. So basically everyone that's in a team, everyone that serves, uh, we're going to connect with you. But instead of doing it after the service, which usually sometimes while we get everyone pulling them away and we get the meeting and it starts late and blah, 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 blah. And then people don't get home until like two o'clock and rah, 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 rah. We're going to do it before the service as a nice breakfast, okay? And usually we'll run it in the cafe there. 
Um, and for those people who go, well, what does that mean? Does that mean I have to be here at 8.30? A lot of churches in Brisbane start their service at 8.30, amen? So if you can do that once every two months and not have to do it after church and enjoy the rest of your Sunday, can I just say, breathe in, breathe out, and say, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Pastor Brad. <laughs> All right. We can always find something negative in some new idea. It's like, oh, I have to get up so early. All right. But we're only doing it once every two months, team members, and you get to go home straight after the service, after you fellowship deliberately with people in the cafe, of course. <laughs> All right. The next, next point is uh, we have an internship program that we're rolling out with two interns. We're going to announce that soon because we've got to get together with them, go through the whole program over the next two weeks um, and get them locked into that and understand what, what, what's happening with that. And then we'll announce that and pray for those uh, interns in front of you as a church. But it's great because they're going to, it's kind of like a partnership where we're going to be doing some ministry mentoring with our interns, but also they're going to um, partner with us and help us out from a church administration and running things point of view and, and get them trained up practically, but also ministering to them in terms of spiritual things as well. So that's going to be happening throughout the whole year. So we'll announce those uh, interns for 2016 over the next couple of weeks. So that's our team focus. Our people focus. Um, we're going to continue to do great teaching, training, equipping, and encouragement, obviously, of our people to raise up our people. So it's not always just about bringing new people. That's our growth focus. But we want to continue to nurture and build up and impart into the people that have already been here for years, obviously. Now, this second bullet point is really critical to our new strategy. Every single member of the church will be allocated into a hub. You're probably thinking, what's a hub? Okay. Uh, for years, we've done small groups. Um, I'll just be upfront with you. I think small groups are important. Uh, we, you know, there's so many names. Small groups, life groups, cell groups, home groups, you know, what, 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 connect groups. Yes. Okay. Now, usually that concept is, is that during the week outside of a Sunday, you meet together with, you know, eight people in someone's home and you do some Bible study and you have some food and you pray with each other. And, and it's designed to actually, outside of the Sunday service, create more intimate relationships and, you know, happy to connect. And I agree wholeheartedly with all those principles. But really, when you do the research, you find that the reason why people actually started life groups is actually for mega churches, because mega churches are so big, okay, that they had to do these life groups, connect groups, whatever you want to call it, to pass their people. As much as I love our church, I wouldn't call our church a mega church, would you? All right. Doesn't matter. I don't care. I love our church. It's a great church, right? But it's not like we're in a football stadium, right? We're like, cooey, right? It's like, hey, how are you? I see you, right? And I love that. I love that. We're, you know, we got. I mean, we, we want to grow, but I love the intimacy that God's already established in the community. So what I'm saying is, is we've decided, we prayed about this. We said, God, because um, the good, important thing is, is that homes are important. But sometimes what happens is, if you're a life group leader, then every life group, you're always feeding the people in your life group or getting the, and no one's really ministering uh, to to you, and you're not necessarily. And then you have to being a life group for leaders and then it, it just uh, there's all these extra things that everyone's having to do so what we said lord can you give us a strategy of how we can still enjoy the benefits of of small groups but um you know we can actually be more strategic and consolidate and so it's actually the idea that he's given us is very uh, kind of come off the success of when we launched a new ministry last year called forever young uh which is just such an amazing uh, ministry of our, our our team of young people there um, that are just doing a great job. And <clears throat> what I noticed is, is that I think instead of life groups, what we're going to do really is we're going to start to establish hubs in different ministries. So how it's going to work is this, is there's actually three main demographics for our church. There's kids, right, our beautiful children. 
there's forever, so we, which we call forever kids. And then we have forever young, which is pretty much um, high schoolers and, and young adults. Um, and then we have everyone else outside of that, okay? Um, and so what we're doing is we're launching a brand new ministry called Forever Life. And Forever Life is going to be a ministry uh, on a Wednesday night. It's going to be kind of a similar setup to Forever Young where they're going to have, you know, every Friday they have youth and young adults here on a Friday night called Forever Young and they do teaching and they do ministry with each other, fellowship. Um, They do that weekly. And then obviously Forever Kids we have on a Sunday here. But Forever Life is going to be a new ministry that's going to launch uh, in mid-February and it's going to be for everyone who doesn't belong to the kids demographic or Forever Young. So basically people who are... Um, slightly older than 30 and above, okay, just because we have a couple of our forever young people who are just over 30. Hallelujah to them. Okay, so <clears throat> people who are about 30 and older, Forever Life is going to be for you. It's not going to be every Wednesday. It's going to be, uh, I'll explain a little bit more um, next week when we give specific information about this ministry. But basically, it's going to launch the second February of, uh, second Wednesday of February. And so what we're going to have here on a Wednesday night, the first Wednesday of every month will be Impact. And just so you're aware, this Wednesday coming is our first impact, which is the Word of the Lord with Greg Bailey, Prophet Greg Bailey. It's going to be amazing, 7 p.m. this Wednesday. Forgot to plug it before, so you know, I encourage you to be here. It's going to be great. But every second Wednesday and fourth Wednesday, so fortnightly, uh, for February, uh, is going to be Forever Life. Okay, And then the next month, we're going to do the second Wednesday. But the fourth Wednesday, instead of doing Forever Life, it's going to be a church-wide prayer meeting. So it's going to be Forever Life, Forever Life this month, Forever Life, church-wide prayer meeting. Forever Life, Forever Life, Forever Life, church-wide prayer meeting. Some of you who are auditory will go, I've got that. Some of you who are visual go, what? And so we'll have it visually typed out for you so there's no confusion, all right? But what is this all about? So Forever Life is going to be, uh, you know, where... It's kind of going to be an intimate style where we'll have like more round tables. <clears throat> I'm wanting to be a big part of it, but also we're, gonna, uh, we're establishing a core team as well for Forever Life. And so it's going to be an opportunity where we all come, rather than us being in separate homes, we're all going to come here on a Wednesday night um, and there's going to be teaching. So we'll do a uh, video series. We're gonna, our first one that we're going to launch called Transformation is by Rick Warren. It's fantastic. We've just purchased it. Um, it's a great teaching series on how to bring the Word of God to bring transformation in every practical area of your life, not just spiritual, but talking about your finances, your, your health, your family, all that type of thing. It's a really, really solid teaching series. So we're going to launch Forever Life with that. A little more information will come in the next couple of weeks. And so we'll be able, we'll probably do it more rather than seats. We'll do like kind of round tables and that type of thing. So what's going to happen is is that Forever Young, we have a whole group of youth and young adults that kind of meet like this, but more in different settings. Forever Life on a Wednesday night and Forever Kids on a Sunday. But we're actually going to break up Forever Young into hubs and we're going to break up uh, Forever Life into hubs and we're going to break up Forever Kids into hubs. What does this mean? It means that... uh, on a Wednesday night when all the adults hang together for forever life, they get to hang together and all be together and enjoy the benefit of being together under some teaching and some ministry. But also in small tables, you're going to have hub leaders and everyone's going to be assigned to a hub. So you're also, after the teaching, you can talk together practically about it, minister to each other, encourage about it. So you get to have the benefits of more of a corporate style teaching, but at the same time have the benefits of a small group intimacy called the hub. Okay, With Forever Young, the same thing. Uh, we're going we're gonna to launch it with two young adults hubs and one youth hub 
and then we're going to continue to grow that way. The Lord has said this is going to be a great way because sometimes when a church positions itself because it wants to grow, it's like, well, we want to grow, but how do we grow? Do we just invite people? But the way that he's given us the blueprint is we're going to focus on hubs. And so as hubs, we just want to, you know, gather a next hub, gather a next hub. And we do it uh, steadily and we do it with wisdom, but we make sure it's all about the quality and building that way. Now, with kids, kids' churches is still going to be facilitated the way it is, but we're just basically going to put kids in a hub. So what this means is everyone's going to be in a hub. Even if you work on a Wednesday night and you can't go to Forever Life, good news is if you're a member of this church, you're going to be allocated into a hub. So even if you can't go to Forever Life, there's going to be your hub leader who will text you, encourage you, love on you, shepherd you in forever young even if if you're a youth and young adult here and you you work on a friday night you can't go to forever young you're still going to be put into a hub so that you're still nurtured and you're still encouraged and there's still a covering a shepherding focus because it helps us as a team point of view to be able to shepherd the people it gives it the structure but gives us the fluidity for the holy spirit to build relationships and for everyone to have that shepherding focus does everyone get the concept okay cool everyone say hubs everyone say it's time to hub ask this question turn the person next to you what hub are you in Turn to the next person opposite you and say, are you in a hub yet? Okay. So this is the kind of, we're going to be talking hubs. <clears throat> so every single member of the church will be allocated into a hub. Forever Kids hubs will be on Sunday. Forever Young hubs on Friday. Forever Life hubs Wednesday. But if you can't attend, you'll still be in a hub. So you'll get to find out and know whose hub you're in and what that all means as we continue to release information about that. Strategic growth and shepherding and pastoring through new hubs. Hub multiplication will be a focus as well. Okay, second last one, event focus. Most of you know we've got an Arise conference coming up. The brochures are in the, with the printers right now, 31st of March, 1st of April, 2nd of April. Um, we've never done a conference this early in the year. We've got um, Apostle Kathy or Dr. Kathy Tollison. She's got a couple of titles there. She's written a book called Staying Fresh. Uh, Greg and Julie are going to be speaking at it as well. We're also going to have a panel. So it's going to be Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday day here. And then Dr. Kathy's going to minister on the Sunday as well. So um, we've got our Facebook event out, but our brochures will be ready in the next couple of weeks. I want to encourage you. Um, the night sessions are free. The day session, I think there's a small fee there, but we'll get more information too. But that's really exciting. This is a way that we think also we can grow the church by getting people to come to events, get them to um, you know, connect with our culture, who we are as a local church, and see them to continue to come. Forever House launch event. We've changed our name from Forever Church to Forever House. We've got our new logo. We've got our new building as we continue. But we haven't actually launched Forever House yet because it is a whole new season of a church. So we are going to do an actual launch event, and we're just working out the timeliness of that. We'd probably like to have the cafe and everything ready to do that. So we'll let you know. That's going to be really exciting where we want to invite everything that's breathing to that event. Okay. Uh, Easter service. We want to um, make the Easter service a little bit more of a focus than what we've ever done. It's a great way to get people to come to church. Forever Young Summit. The Forever Young uh, team are going to have one of their event. Are going to have an, a specific event on a Friday night um, that they're going to have Pastor Ben Naitoko be a guest speaker. And we're going to use it to invite as many youth and young adults as we can. It's going to be a great focus. We're looking at doing some gourmet food stalls as well and having lots of fun with some creative focus with the music team as well. Um, so that's going to be good. So that's coming up in May. We'll let you know more information about that. Dominion Conference Australia, New Zealand, as always, is our uh, premier conference happening in the first and second week of August. And uh, we'll let you know some exciting things about that. Just to know that Apostle Leon and uh, Dr. Bill Hammond will both be our guest speakers from the United States. Because uh, we're expecting probably 
uh, over 500 people at that conference as a minimum. Unfortunately, we won't be able to hold that here in this location, but we will be having Dr. Bill Hammond preach on the Sunday here. So we're going to be having um, the conference usually at our River of Life uh, venue. The family festival I talked about, we're looking to do that the second half of the year. Overseas missions trip. Uh, we are going, we're in uh, plans right now to s- confirm everything about location, and uh, that's going to be in the second half of the year. We're looking around October uh, this year, so we have a little bit of time, but we're going to get that information out to you as soon as we possibly can so you know what's involved, if you want to be involved in it, the fundraising activities we want to do to help people to raise money to be able to participate as well. So we'll let you know more about that, but that's very exciting. Uh, we see that our church more and more is going to be doing uh, these things at least once a year, and and our Christmas carols event is, uh, we want to take that to the next level. It's a great way to impact the community. So that's something we're going to do this year. Okay, lastly, project focus. Uh, our church website is still Forever Church and uh, from three years ago. So thank you for your grace if ever you've gone onto that website wondering what's going on. Um, there's many things you have to change when you have to rebrand everything. So what we learned is we want to uh, not just have a new website, but we want to have a great website. And so we've got a, already got the team that we're going to do it with lined up um, who are very, very good, who are going to make it um, great from a social media platform point of view as well. And uh, so we, we, we're pretty much starting the planning stages of that now, and we'll keep you updated. <coughs> um, this behind me, uh, we've got our audio visual here, which is great. But we are currently looking at research about what we want to do back here. And we're looking at having a very large, wide screen here. Uh, We're looking at differences between digital screens, uh, AV screens, all that type of thing. So if ever you wondered, is this always what it's going to look like? The answer is no. Um, We are going to have AV at the back there, particularly for the front row, second row. You're probably, when you're trying to look at the words during worship, you kind of get hindered by the speaker there. So the AV will be behind us here, nice and big, like a cinematic feel. Um, also, the new auditorium back wall uh, with a double door entry, I mentioned that that's pretty much going to ha- start happening straight away. Now we've finished the great wall of sound, which is now painted black, as you can see. For those of you who don't know, this wall didn't used to be here. There used to be like a, another wall that was very thin, and then the neighbors next door didn't like our worship music. But it's okay because we love them, and we now have a great relationship with them, and they've said to us, you know, what we're doing here is really cool. So who thinks that's a cool breakthrough? <laughs> Nothing like just a little bit of patience and a bit of love and kindness that can turn things around. Jesus is a great example of that. Uh, and the cafe design, fit out, and also building signage. Uh, yes, we are planning to put the name of our church on the building. Um, you would have noticed we've got a couple of new signs at the front there. We've got our teardrop flags, our new um, A-boards, but we've got our... Um, designer doing the front of the house. We're also going to have one hanging out the front there as well. Um, and yeah, we'll have signs galore. So no one will be able to miss it. They'll all know where Forever House is. Okay. All right. So that's our projects. Who's excited? Okay. Let's just stand and pray over the vision. Then we uh, finish the day. Father, I thank you, Lord, for our beautiful church. And I thank you, Lord, that you're our great and mighty leader. And Lord, we thank you, God, that through your wisdom, you give us a focus from season to season. Lord, I thank you, Father, for all of the great foundation that you've established. 
And I thank you, Lord, for all the great lessons that you've taught us as a church. Lord, we thank you, God, that you've released us into a greater season of not comparing ourselves to other churches. But Lord, just blessing those with our mouth and our heart and focusing in on what you've called us to do and what you've called us to build. So Lord, we thank you for that freedom as you release us, Lord, to to run with the vision that you've given us. Lord, we thank you, God, for the people's hearts. And we thank you, Lord, that we have an amazing church and an amazing spiritual family. Lord, we declare that 2016 is a year of progress. Lord, let it be a year of fruitfulness. Let it be a year of joy and let it be a year of faith. Father, we thank you, Lord, for these focuses. We thank you, Lord, for your for the God focus. Lord, you're going to continue to build your people and establish your people in the things of God as we press into you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this great growth focus of hospitality and that our identity is to touch people and reach out to people and to connect with people and to love people and to be socially confident in our identity in Christ. Father, we thank you, Lord, for that team focus as you consolidate team continue to help us to run with the vision lord our people focus lord your teaching that you're going to release you're going to continue to equip people and establish people father i thank lord for this hub strategy lord that's going to give us a structure lord to shepherd people lord that we don't have any one person that gets missed out lord that everyone will be loved and focused on but father also give us a strategy and a model for growth and a benchmark to grow lord with quality and with ease father i thank you lord for this event focus lord we declare that these events lord let them be fruitful let them be exciting and impacting. Lord, release your anointing and your favor upon these events, Lord. And we thank you, Father, for the projects that we're going to continue to run with, Lord. Lord, we thank you, God, for 2016. We thank you, Lord, that you're a God of success and favor. And we declare, Lord, that even though there will be storms, even though there'll be difficulties, even though there'll be challenges like any season, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are our great and mighty leader. We thank you, Lord, as we continue to focus on you and to put you first, Lord. Lord, that with you nothing is impossible. We declare this upon our year. And we declare, Lord, that you're making forever house a great and mighty house of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, this is a house of faith and a house of prayer. And we declare, Lord, above all, that you are the leader of this house. So, Lord, we worship you. We glorify you. We praise you, mighty Jesus, for all that you're going to do this year. And everyone said, amen. Let's give him a clap offering. Thank you, Lord. This mighty year ahead. Amen.